Welcome to The Playbook, presented by FanFood, a discussion around how leaders are modernizing today's customer experience through technology in sports, entertainment, and hospitality. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, and joining me today is Christopher Omuler, CEO and founder at FanWord. Christopher, great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for having me, Rob. Looking forward to this. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Uh, sure, more than happy to. Uh, Chris Omuler, you already got my name right, which is, you know, half the battle usually in my world because I'm originally from Germany and people struggle with my last name. But um, I was a tennis player for the Huskers. So that's kind of what brought me over back in 2008 and uh, started the company, started FanWord um, after I graduated with my, with my MBA from the University of Nebraska. And yeah, here we are today. All right, so what we're going to talk about is one of the things that you guys specialize in, uh, creating a storytelling platform for athletic departments, sports teams, and brands. And what I like so much about this is actually the word storytelling and then the word platform because so many companies, brands, teams – have an opportunity to tell stories better. And oftentimes when we look at customer experience or fan engagement or social media marketing, it's how do you get this message out? But message to me sometimes can be seen as a, we have to do. And storytelling to me is a, we get to do. Storytelling is why we go to the movies. It's why we listen to podcasts. And I believe there needs to be more of that. And it's something that needs to be intentional. And it's something that'll get people looking forward to hearing back from you again. So let's start at the beginning of this and tell me sort of a little bit more about how you got to that point of um, seeing the need in this market. Yeah, more than happy to. Um... I think the idea for the business actually came from my time as a student athlete. Um, I just always felt like that there were so many amazing athletes, um, you know, or, or athlete stories, I guess, that, that went unnoticed. And that I felt like that there were, you know, a lot of schools and teams and again, athletes that, that deserved a little bit more of the spotlight, but just didn't get it. And completely obviously understood why, you know, the vast majority of, of, of content and, and exposure really was, geared towards the teams of football and men's basketball, for instance, and college sports. Um, but nonetheless, again, I just felt like that there was a lot of value in these, in these stories that, that no one knew about. And um, it was also during a time when um, the Players' Tribune became more and more popular and, and, and companies like that, media companies like that kind of um, emerged, I guess. And um, I just wanted to, to do something very similar to that in the, in the collegiate space and, and, um, you know, help athletic departments in this case get these stories told because I knew that there was a little bit of a of a challenge doing that from a from a resource resource perspective. You know, it's as you as you said, it's not often the type of content that you that you have to produce or had to produce. It was something that you wanted to do but didn't always have the resources, the time, or the labor uh, to do so. And and that's just kind of where we saw a, a need and a fit. And yeah, I guess that's how the whole adventure started and when looking at the challenges so you mentioned resources so does that mean you're actually filming or creating or are you strategizing or how are you helping the athletic department tell these stories 
Yeah, and, and really whatever works for them, to be honest with you. We're very custom in our approach, but for the most part, um, it's always consisting of, of, of four parts, if you like. It always starts with a, with a strategy session. Uh, the second piece is, you know, we built these Players Tribune-like storytelling platforms for individual, you know, against schools or, or sports teams or brands. And then we populate those. So the, the storytelling content is, is you know, um, the, the story creation, I should say, is usually a part of the service. And then we also help with the distribution of the content. And sometimes you have schools that only need help with, you know, the content production. Sometimes you have schools that, uh, you know, only need help with the content distribution, want to have a platform dedicated to all the stories that they, are, that they want to tell internally. It's really a matter of, of, of client fit, to be honest with you. One thing that you mentioned that I wrote down is the value in the stories. And then you mentioned that no one knows about, but let's just talk about the value in the stories because I think it's when you're a creator and a community builder and a brand builder, you understand the value in stories. But so often we live in this ROI data-driven world where you say, let me see the one-to-one ratio that I'm getting but that exactly doesn't fly because we've seen uh, over the course of the last six months in the pandemic for the companies, brands, teams that did not invest in digital, if you were only looking at the one-to-one ratio from an ad spend, then all of a sudden you don't really have a brand because you're just transactional. And right now you can buy anything from anywhere at any time. So what's really the, the value proposition of what separates one from another? So can you talk about the value in a story? Um, absolutely. More than happy to. I mean, it, it's, you know, numbers and data still matter, obviously. And, and um, you know, usually on average, the content that we produce for schools over the years, we've seen like a five to six X as far as engagement goes um, compared to traditional content that they produce. So that is always a, a you know, a value prop or a selling point, I guess, as far as showcasing the, the engagement when it comes to, you know, social engagement, shares, clicks, comments, whatever uh, you want to measure there. But there's a ton of you know, intangible value that's very hard to measure, whether it's, you know, uh, brand affinity or, or fan loyalty or, or these kinds of uh, metrics that by default get pushed because of the, you know, engagement that we do see from, you know, let's say fans, where like when they, when we produce a piece of content and, and 80 people comment on it and say, man, this story was amazing. I had no idea. And then I, I love that you're opening up about this, et cetera, et cetera. It just, it just connects with fans in ways that um, I believe, and, and granted, I'm a bit biased, but I don't think any other piece of content can, can do that other than a, a, you know, a compelling story. And, and um, obviously, it's, a, it's a, a big piece to this is, you know, a, the type of story that you tell, um, how you're presenting the story, all of these things matter, which we learned over the years, um, the hard way, to be honest with you. And um, but when, when, once you do that, you, you do see the value in, in direct ROI, I guess, if you, if you want to measure engagement and, and if that's something, a data point that you, that you uh, care about. But again, there's these, these intangibles that um, our partners get and, and understand of building this, this closer community and connecting with, with their fans on a more personal and emotional level. Um, but, you know, that's often hard to measure, at least, certainly in the, in the short term, you know, but maybe in the long term, of you course, have some more it, impact on that. Yeah. And one thing that can be done is 
if you take a page from Gary V's jab, 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 right hook, so often everyone wants to right hook all the time, buy what we're selling, buy what we're selling. But what if these stories were actually opportunities for you to jab? And what you get is people who like, comment, share, watch a certain amount of the video. Well, guess what? What you're doing now is building up not only a relationship and a connection, but the ability to retarget. Because now these people are saying, listen, I'm an engaged user. And now they've just qualified themselves as someone who is more likely to purchase or at least consider a purchase when the time comes. So all we've got to do is rinse and repeat. So if somebody watches one minute of the video, well, guess what? When we create this storytelling piece of content, now let's do some paid social and run the next one to them. And all of a sudden they watch another one minute. And what you start to build now is a community of super fans or at least a targeting of that. So now when it is time for you to actually do something on the paid side, you've got a significantly better group of people to target than just throwing stuff out into the wild. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Honestly, that sounds a little bit weird right now, but it, yesterday morning we had a team meeting and literally talked about a lot of these things that you just talked about because it does obviously come up in these conversations with our clients of how can we maximize value and, and go beyond, you know, producing content and putting it on a platform. And, and these things are, we, we talk about often. So no, I, I, it's, it's almost like you hacked into our team meeting, but I, I hope you didn't. Um, so. <laughs> well, it, this is, this is called the playbook and really this is a playbook. So let's actually dig a little bit deeper into that. Cause I think it's important. You said, how do we maximize the value? So let's think of this as one piece of storytelling content. How do we deliver more value out of this? So certainly there's version 1.0 boom. Here's the piece of content that our community gets to engage with. One, it's a positive brand interaction because here's a piece of valuable content. Number two, you're building the connection with the audience. Three, that's going to deepen the relationship. Four, the value can be on the entertainment side of things. Maybe you inspire them or maybe this also causes them to take action because there is nothing that says that in this storytelling, there can't be a hook at the end. Maybe that's not to go buy Celtic or go buy tickets, but maybe there's something else where, hey, be part of our community or, hey, we've got this cause. There's a something there where you've given a narrative that really helps them understand. So what other ways can someone maximize value? Because I think uh, someone may, who's listening right now may believe in what we're doing, but have, haven't done it yet for a myriad of reasons. But let's sort of keep going on this train. Yeah, I think you're hitting on a very, very good point. Um, at the end of the day, for us, the most important piece to all of what we do is that it has strategic value, right? Producing a piece of content or, or multiple pieces of content has no value, in my opinion, unless you, you have an objective behind that piece of content. I mean, with any content marketing strategy, you know, like you, you need to have an overarching goal. So, um, and that's really where, where these platforms come into play, where we, we built these platforms, they're, they're custom built, right? So depending on whatever strategic goal someone is trying to accomplish, we can, we can customize these platforms to, to maximize and, 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 you know, whether it's fundraising or, or, or sales activity or whatever else, we can, we can kind of integrate that into the stories, whether it's through, you know, basic calls to action at the, at the bottom of a story or on the top right corner of your screen or whatever else. And um, speaking of that, we did launch a, a, um, 
fundraising campaign with the with the um, college gymnastics association and uh, we did a series of stories for them and 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 we we saw over i mean the the, the numbers were were unbelievable i mean granted they did a fantastic job of, of integrating other messages into that whole campaign and 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 it is a very you know timely thing with with a couple you know men's gymnastics programs getting cut in the country but nonetheless, I mean, the, 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 the traffic that we saw on those stories and the, and the clicks that we saw uh, to their donation page and the actual donations, I mean, was, was really, really inspiring and something that, that you know, it's great for us to see that um, it works, right? I mean, this is, this is at the end of the day what it, what it really comes down to. And, but, but also when we speak of value, Rob, I mean, there, there's not just value in what we do for, let's say, the audience that are, that are, that are, um, seeing those stories or reading those stories or hearing those stories. It's also for, I mean, you help these individual athletes, for instance, right? You give them a voice, you give them a platform to, to, you know, uh, share something that traditional media might not, might not allow them to. And, um, or, or, or the, 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 you know, neighborhood newspaper or the local newspaper isn't interested in covering, but um, you help them kind of build their personal brands, which is something that we're really, really big on. Um, for athletic departments, I mean, it's recruiting value as well, right? I mean, you showcase recruits kind of what it's like, for instance, at, at your school behind uh, closed doors and, and hear from actual athletes talk about whatever the story is. Again, depends on the, on the overarching goals, but whether, you know, the goal is to drive fan engagement, uh, raise funds or, or gain a recruiting advantage or reconnect with alumni or, um, whatever else, I mean, that's really, that's really, you know, kind of directing who the storytellers are, what the stories are about, in which formats we produce those stories, um, how and where the content is distributed. So all of these pieces are part of the, of the bigger goal, but that's something that's um, really important to keep in mind when we start having these conversations. I want to break down the content creation barrier because you mentioned challenges, one of them being resources. Mm -hmm. And my spider sense says there is someone who's listening to this right now who says, this sounds awesome, but it doesn't apply to us because dot, dot, dot. And they're, they're creating an excuse. And when I think about content creation, you've got a lack of time, a lack of resources, or a lack of knowledge for reasons why a team or an athletic department or a personal brand or a company would not do something. But guess what? When I started creating content seven plus years ago, you know how much experience I had in doing this? Zero. You know how many people knew me? Zero. You know how I knew how to do this? I didn't. I taught myself how to do it. So everybody starts at zero. So the, the excuse of, I don't know what I'm doing, the option is one, learn it yourself, two, find someone who can be your coach and help you, or three, find someone who can create it for you. Those are the only three options that you need to do. Once you do that, you can create it. But guess what? I really like how you talked about how you need to be strategic about all of this, this content that you're creating. 
And this doesn't mean we need super expensive cameras and high production in order to make this work. Someone listening to this can take action and do everything that we're talking about just by simply saying, all right, what's the story you want to tell? What, is, what are we hoping to accomplish with this? Where are we going to distribute it? Can you talk a little bit more about breaking down the content barriers? Let's assume someone does not have the resources. Let's give them some encouragement. Yeah, uh, happy to, Rob. And and again, I think you're you're so right about um, everything that you just you just addressed. Um, when it comes to the content creation process for us, the most important piece that we like to communicate and that we want our our partners to to know about is that we're it, it, we're flexible and this is customizable. Meaning, whatever your budget, whatever your your goals, there is a way to make that happen. I mean. We, for instance, do a ton of written content, right? Which from an operations perspective, obviously is a lot more affordable and easier to do than maybe, you know, flying out somewhere and shooting uh, some, cinematic, some cinematic uh, video, right? Which we do as well. But again, um, we, for instance, when we write stories, we write them from, from an athlete's perspective, from a first person perspective to give stories more authenticity, more personality, make them, you know, different than your, than, you know, your, your, your average uh, newspaper story. So the way you tell stories or create content in this case makes a huge difference. And there's always a way to, you know, appeal to your audience and this creative uh, strategy piece behind the content creation process is something that we're super excited about. And again, like sometimes you have a partner that says, um, hey, we want to, I mean, we're big fans of, you know, like, look, if, if, a, if a brand or so comes to us and says, hey, can you create a brand, uh, like a brand video about our story? Um, sure, we can do that, right? I mean, there's, there's no, not, not a problem with that, but we're big fans of long-term engagements, not just for our own sake, but we feel like that's when we can maximize value. So sometimes you have somebody that says, hey, we want to produce 40 stories over the next year. Um, we want them in a variety of different formats, all published on this platform. This is our budget. This is our goal. What can you do? And then we can come up with a, with a strategy to make that happen, right? And again, the variety and, and producing content in the right format is so, so important. And also displaying the content the right way. I mean, those are all elements that are sometimes disregarded. And you're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter if you have the newest camera equipment or or whatever else. I mean, the Players Tribune, they, they launched a campaign not too long ago where they essentially, and I'm, I don't know what it's called, but it's essentially a text message series, right? Where they essentially showcase a, a, a video of a text message conversation. It's super simple to do and something that we've already talked to with a few people as well. I mean, you can be so creative, you know, you can create graphics that, that just capture a short story of somebody or or you can do uh, you know, audio recordings or, 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 you know, something like this, a Zoom call and, and, and use software that's out there um, to, to, to make, you know, this whole, this thing a little bit more, more sophisticated, but there are so many ways to, to produce content and um, people that, that see value in this and, and want to explore this further, they shouldn't be uh, giving up on it just for the sake of, yeah, well, we don't have the budget to create 10 videos. I mean, this isn't what it has to come down to. So um, long answer to your, to your uh, question, 
it's really a matter of, of the creative process and, and really, again, figuring out what is it that you're trying to accomplish? What is your budget? Like what type of engagement are you looking for long-term, short-term, et cetera, et cetera. And once all these questions are answered, there's always a way to make things happen. Yeah, because the real answer is this costs $0 because 99.9% .9 of us have a phone right next to us right now. And how did I start? By using my phone and by purchasing a $90 microphone and podcasting Zoom. Costs $0 to do this. So there's so many um, tools at our disposal to help us be resourceful. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the strategy side of things. I love the strategy side of things. For me, that is where, among other things, it's one of my favorite things that I get to do is strategize with companies and teams and leagues and brands about this content side of things. And I want to give even something more specific for someone. So there is zero excuses on the content side. So you mentioned produce 40 stories. How are we going to do it? Different platforms, all of that stuff. How in the world do you actually make that happen? You know what I want you to do? I want you to set a timer on your phone for 30 minutes or one hour. And the goal of this is one thing. You are going to brainstorm as many ideas as you possibly can. Because if you want to produce 40 stories, guess what? I would actually hope that you'd have 400 ideas. Wait, 400 ideas? Why in the world would you want that? And this is something that I learned uh, when I learned about comedy writing. And it is essentially... 90% of the ideas you create are crap. You've got to create 90 ideas to hope to, to hope to get 10 good ones. So, of course, it's going to be a little bit different comedy versus telling the story of your brand. But the moral of this story is you can just sit there and write as many different ideas as you possibly can. And then when that timer goes off, you go and say, all right, well, tomorrow what we're going to do is we're going to set the timer again for 30 minutes, and then we're going to go back through, and we're going to rank these and say, what are the best ones? Cool, we did that. And the next day, we're going to set the timer for 30 minutes again, and we're going to go, all right, now let's pick and choose which of these we're going to do this week. Done. Literally, that is how simple the creative process is. That's the process that I use for generating ideas because what is one of the number one excuses? Rob. I don't know what to talk about. Rob, I don't know what to create. Well, all that is, is a lack of strategic thinking saying, well, let's just create the list. All you got to do is go on there and go, oh, I'm going to create this piece of content. Boom, rinse and repeat. Great point. I, again, like I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of, of the content you produce um, anyways, which is not something you asked me to say, by the way, uh, for, for all listeners and and for the audience to to uh, know of but um no i think you're you're again like you're you're absolutely right and whatever your your creative process is i mean it it's you look look i mean we get that a lot too when we when we work with a with a sports team or a company um they they have a hard time finding you know the type of stories that they that they want to tell but that's okay i mean you know that is then the next step but you have to you should have a, a decent understanding of what kind of stories you want to tell and not necessarily, um, you know, let's say you want to, you want to launch a series about, you know, let, let's be very, very timely here about uh, racial injustice and you want your, your, your athletes to kind of talk about, you know, their experiences and so forth. Um, you should have an idea of this is the, this is the direction we want to go. You may not know 
which athletes in this case might have a compelling story to talk about uh, when it comes to that. Um, but that's something you can figure out. It, it, it has to start with, you know, having the, the, uh, a, a general direction or a general idea of what you're trying to, trying to get across for sure. Yeah. And what I really like that you said is creative process. Mm -hmm. How many people listening right now do not have a creative process? And you know why that's a challenge? Because social media is easy. We can all hire an intern and have them tweet something and call that a day. There's not a process to that. But one of the biggest things that I teach in almost every area of my life is the process. The thing that you do over and over again to get the desired result that you want. So storytelling, fan engagement, improving customer experience, if you follow the same process over and over again, you are going to get the desired result. And Chris, I'm, I'm curious, is there any part of the creative process that we haven't talked about or that you currently use that might be valuable for someone to know? Um, not sure. So, so we do have certainly a, a creative process in place, but for us, it's more of an iterative process with the client, meaning we, you know, again, like it usually always starts with us talking about, you know, the bigger objective, like the primary objective, what are we trying to accomplish here? Then we usually talk about secondary objectives. And then we already start some sort of a brainstorming session of who the storyteller should be, uh, what the story should be about, what the format should be about. So we have essentially, we have these, these steps that we, that we always talk to our clients about, um, and then based on the responses, you know, it might change how we address the next step. It might change how we, how we you know, proceed forward. But we have the, these general steps that need to be talked about before we ever start, um, you know, producing content. Because you have to have this in place to know where you're going. And you're, I mean, you know, very similar to what you just uh, talked about with, with the hiring, hire, hire the intern for your social presence. I mean, you know, producing a piece of content is one thing, but but producing strategic content and, and, and valuable content is a whole different beast. So, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how our, our process works. And I know those are, it's a little bit more vague maybe than, than what you just described as far as that, that, you know, block of 30 minutes, write down our the ideas, which is kind of integrated, I guess, into one of those steps that we do. Um, but for the most part, it, it's, it's a collaborative effort where we talk with a client to really ensure um, this is what you're trying to accomplish. This is what we would propose to do that. Um, yes, no, what do you want to see differently? What is lacking? Uh, this is something that we think should be added, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how we, you know, essentially narrow it down until we get to exactly what we're trying to do here. No, I think you completely answered my question because you gave the beginning parts of the process. Mm -hmm. Someone listening to this right now can go back, if they were taking notes, write this down and go to their team and say, listen, we've just been given the playbook for how we can create storytelling content and how we can use this to drive fan engagement and or a desired result further on down the road when we loop in our paid social side of things. So Chris, really enjoyed jamming with you and your mindset about all of this. Where can everybody connect with you? No, I appreciate you having me, Rob. Really, really enjoyed this as well. Um, easiest way to connect with me is via LinkedIn. Um, just my name um, should pop up somewhere. Um, I'm also on Twitter under C-H-R-A-U-I. Uh, don't 
judge me on my on my handle Aoi is my nickname from from uh, Germany which I know doesn't translate as well in the US but um, that was before I ever came over here so I kind of stuck with it and, and continue to stick with it I guess but yeah LinkedIn and Twitter are probably the two best channels to to get a hold of me and as always I would love to hear from you about this episode and we want to hear about your creative process is there a step in your creative process that is unique to you or does what we say right now resonate? Let us know how you're getting down on the creative process and storytelling side of things. You can hit up FanFood on Twitter at FanFoodOnDemand, on Instagram at FanFoodApp or on LinkedIn. And as always, you can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Mm -hmm.